Hey everybody, welcome to On Grade, episode 6. I got Doc Robinson here from Dirt Guy Excavation. So, we uh, hope you enjoyed episode 5. Had a great time with Cole. Um, I got Doc over here this weekend so we can have some serious time and knew he was going to want to talk a little more. We were on the phone for a few hours the other day talking about what we wanted to talk about. So, go ahead and take it over, Doc. Tell us a little bit about you and where you're from, where you grew up, all that good stuff. Yeah, so when did you get on board with your dad and actually, like, start running full-time with him? Davis at a grocery store. 
hoping to God you get to take the card out for the old lady and put her bags out. You're like, please, God, call me. I need to get up there. I need to get outside. This is insane. I'm stocking shelves. This is nonsense. And then you're like, you're used to getting paid like nine bucks an hour from your dad or whatever. And then you're getting seven twenty-five. You're like, this is nonsense. But I went to college to TSTC. I was sponsored by John Deere for being a decent one. I initially wanted to go because I want to learn more about the equipment I'm buying. So if something breaks down, I can be more of an asset to our business. I can fix stuff. And I was actually pretty good at it. Good enough where John Deere RDO was really, really upset that I left. They were like, like Jeff Sigmund, I love him to death. He's the one that gave me the opportunity. He's a, I think he's still at the Fort Worth store. That man gave me a beautiful opportunity. Sad that I was gone, but he kind of—I think him and my dad were really good friends. He already knew I probably wasn't going to stick around, going back to dirt work. <clears throat> I get back, I was foreman um, after going to school for a year. When I was 19 when I came back, and I was being a foreman. But at that time, it was kind of like you're more of an owner than a foreman because you were just whatever he didn't want to do, you were going to have to do it. All the calls. All the nonsense that most owners would do, that's what I was doing. When I was 20, I bought into my partnership, and we were still Robinson Construction. When I bought into my partnership, I realized the difference between a sole proprietorship, LLC. You start getting into, like, why are you a sole proprietorship, you know? Which I understand now, tax reasons, it's a lot simpler, but you know, you get into commercial jobs, you get into lawsuits, big problem. So, I wanted an LLC. We went back and forth. He didn't, he didn't like the idea of getting rid of his name, Robinson Construction. He's like, have some pride in your name. I was like, boy, it's not about pride in the name. It's about you got clickbait for Google. Everyone's looking for a dirt guy. Advertising. I thought it was smart. So I went back and forth, and then he finally went, you know what? We'll try it. We'll go with an LLC because we have the same phone numbers. It don't matter. But they're just going to write a different check. I was like, all right. Well, I bought into it by getting into some equipment and taking 50% of all the BS, which at 20, you don't realize how much BS it is. <laughs> There's a lot. There's so much BS in this business. <laughs> yeah. A lot. You definitely, uh, th- this is why I wore this shirt tonight. Yeah, whiskey. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's so true. Um, you know, you and me, I remember when we first met, what was that, 2019, I think, 2018 or 2019? Yeah, we met in 2018. And I was telling you, I think I'm going to go out on my own. You kept going, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> I was like, I well, why not? Like, oh, I was like, why not? And you're like, because you see. I'm like, yeah, but you're rolling around. You got a nice truck. You're doing good for yourself. And you're like, yeah, you don't see the other crap that's going on behind the scenes. And people don't realize that. They only see the, the end product. They don't see <laughs> what you go through on a daily basis just to have what you have. Like, everybody and their mom's trying to take something from you. Whether it's your suppliers, whether it's the equipment manufacturing companies, it's the general contractors, it's your own guys. Yep. 
I mean, you're in a fight in all directions. I tell everybody it's like the Battle of Little Bighorn, but it just never ends. The, yeah. Indi- the Indians don't stop coming. I mean, it's it's so true. Like, you are literally in a fight nonstop. Yeah. And it's about everything. It's about a contract. It's, oh, your guys didn't get out here today. Oh, well, you said you were going to mobilize Tuesday. Well, dude, it just rained for three lousy days, so give me a break, man. I'm yeah. get, I'm working on it. I'm going to get out there. Where do you see, <laughs> with everything going on right now, what, what's uh, what's the Dirk guys' plans for the economy and stuff for 2023? What's the plans? This year, it's rough to say, but I was going for growth, but how everything's gone on and everybody's got the same bitch. It's employees. Mm-hmm. Guys were begging for jobs in 2020. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, some part of 21 to 22, it just seemed like it's a big F you because I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to go sit at the house. Oh, my God. 21, I literally got told. Like, I told him it was a like, labor-intensive job. And then I'm out there with you. It's 105. But we're going to get this done. Plenty of water. I won't let you die. It'll be fine. And you're going to get paid well. They don't make it to 11.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. A.m. They get there at 7. You bitch about being there at 7. They don't make it past 11 a.m. So, how I, how I see future dirt guy, I'm thinking this is restructure, downsize. Because it's not like the work's not there. But it doesn't mean the work that's there is that profitable right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what anyone says. They say they're killing it. They either A, line, B, lucky, or they're about to eat the biggest shit sandwich they've had in a long time. Because mm-hmm. people don't realize it, but the recession's here. It's already started. Yeah, and they don't they don't think that. They think, oh, well, people are still doing stuff. Yeah, there's still going to be people dumb enough to keep going. And there's going to be a lot of people. You're going to start seeing a lot of foreclosures and everything. So I figured this is a good time. Downsize, shrink, run a three- to five-man crew like I did way back in the day. And we still were cranking out larger jobs, getting them done. It's about management. Now, you're not getting three or four jobs done in a week, but you're getting that job done, move them all to the next one. Mm-hmm. And then you'll find things that are a lot easier to manage, mm-hmm. especially when times are rough. Yeah. When times get rough, that's when you kind of got to go, you know what? I was talking some mad, you know what? Like, I'm about to whoop people's ass. And then stuff happens, and then you got, you know, I'm lucky. My partner is my dad. He's been in this for 49, 50 years. He knows when he smells something about to crash. And he's pretty quick to go, hey, you know what? I don't mind. We can sell stuff. Like, oh, yeah. I got no shit. He's like, I've done this a lot of times. It's called survivorship at that point. So there's no, I tell people, there's no shame no shame in going, well, I was going to scale to 15 to 18 million this year, but I'm only going to be able to do two or three. I'm like, what's the problem with that? Like, are you still in it? Are you still in the business? Yes. Okay. There's nothing wrong. 
can you pay your bills at the end of the month? If you can do that, you're winning. Exactly. Because there's a lot of guys, including me, you know, you and me are about the same size companies, but we specialize a little differently. Yeah. And you and me talk all the time. Your stuff's paid off. Yep. Mine's not. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm in the, I'm in a, I'm in that position right now. You know, it's like, and I got to make smart decisions. And my guys are, I thank God for the team I have. You know, I have very experienced guys. And Robert and me were talking right before Christmas, and I said, I'm not buying a machine this year. Not going to do it. Yeah. I didn't buy one last year. I RPO'd a couple. Um, I'm not buying anything. Nope. And we have to hire two guys because I had to let two guys go. But that's it. That's the only replacements that will be happening this year. Yeah. Unless a guy quits or – Something, you know, medical emergency or something happens or family life happens. Yeah. But the crew I got is the crew is going to be here January of 24, probably, because it ain't going to be no bigger. It ain't going to be no smaller. Uh, I mean, and we're bidding 30 jobs a month, you know, and we're winning three to four. Yeah. So, okay, that's great. We're doing fine. Yeah. You're still winning what you should be winning, you know, and as long as you're covering your overhead, dude, and you can pay your suppliers, that's all that matters. Yeah. You know, I went through that real rough patch in 21. I got, I'm still paying for it. I'm paying yeah. people back from 21. And 99% of them have been nothing but helpful and been there for me. And some others are, you know, haven't been so nice about it. But you know what? I'm doing right, Bob. I'm staying in contact with them, and I'm ensuring that this is going to get taken care of. You and know what? If that's not good enough for them, then you know what I'm saying? You don't yeah. need to use those people anymore. No, and, and – I think at the end of the day is they're small businesses too, and that's the way I got to look at it. And I've I've tried to, and it's just hard. You can't bleed a stone. Yeah. <laughs> I tell people that all the time. You know, they'll call me and I'm like, I wish I could pay you right now, but I can't. You know, you can't bleed a stone, dude. I, I ain't got paid for the work you've done on my jobs. And in the beginning, when we were cash plus, like you and me have talked about, mm-hmm. I could pay ahead. Yeah. So if I had a trucking bill for a job that I ain't even been paid on, I could pay it. Yeah. And I'd be fine. It was no big deal. Now it's like, hey, bro, nothing personal. I'm gonna have to. Have, I got to pay you when I'm paid. And it's it's terrible that you got to be that way. But it's like when everybody's paying you at 65, 90 days. What are you supposed to do? Yeah. You know, there's no bank that gives you a line of credit that is that big to cover all these costs. That's the profit on that might have been your profit on the job. Yeah. I mean, 
Everybody thinks it's like massive numbers. They're like, they're, they're like, they're like, dude, you know, you did that cut fill job last month, you know, 400 grand just cutting the fill. I'm like, yeah. And you know how much them off-roads cost to fill up every day? And you know how much them off-road rentals cost? It's like, and then on top of it, I ain't got, and I still ain't gotten paid for the damn things yet. You know, it's like, it's, it's crazy, man. Like it's, it's, it's brutal to go through what we go through. And I think. Oh, when I went to that thing I told you about uh, that the guys from Moss Utilities put on a couple months back, yeah, you, I talked about it with Cole a little bit. Um, they were talking about something that I never thought about. They said we were sitting in the in this really nice restaurant in Dallas, uptown Dallas, and they go, and they go, think about it. Everybody in this room is better with money than everybody else is sitting over there that was sitting at the tables. You know, the management from the restaurant. Yeah. They go. See if a restaurant can float 60 days of bills. COVID already showed that. Yeah. I mean, you can't do it. You know, find a bar that can handle a bar bill. Not It doesn't happen. That's what I'm saying. We're so special in our industry. Yes. Are we billing massive amounts of money? Absolutely. But the problem is when it comes in drips and drabs, you're making what a normal business makes anyways. Yeah. You know. Uh, 60 days of that work, depending on how, how long you've got. In our business? Two weeks, you're, you're dead. Yeah, yeah. you're close. You're closing the. Yeah, and the repo man's right. You're trying to hide this, rip sensors off your equipment so they can figure out where it's at. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I've ever done that or anything, guys. I'm just saying, you know, that's what you gotta do sometimes. <laughs> that's when you and when you're behind with your haul guy and you're like, dude, I just need you to move it this one last time. I'll get you some money, dude. I'm trying. <laughs> it's. It's brutal. It is. It, it is. It's. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's terrible when you're like, I can't even pay a twelve hundred dollar saw cut bill. Yeah. Twelve hundred bucks. Yep. On a multi million dollar company, I can't even pay a twelve hundred dollar saw cut bill. Yep. So if I don't, I can't make payroll Friday. Yeah. Because I can't pay my guys. <laughs> yeah, and they think we're still paying ourselves during that. It's like. Oh. Oh. I would say, yeah, I would say, I would say, especially in civil, yeah. civil contractors have the most overhead. They have the most liability yeah. because if you're trim, like my uncle, he's a general contractor. I love him to death. He works in upstate New York. He is the smartest guy. I know. he'll build a, he'll build your house. You know, what he does, he does everything from the concrete up. He doesn't touch the concrete. He will, he has his own crews to do the framing, do the trim, do the roof, do everything you want on that house. He'll put in your appliances, everything. He will not touch his civil work. I ask him all the time why he won't do it. He says, too many liabilities. He said, I know what it's going to take to frame that house. I know the costs. I know the material. I know the labor. I've got it. I know what my guys cost. He says, you go out there. Yeah, you can topo a job. You can shoot it. You're still going to get snake bit. 
it rains hard enough and we work in black clay out here in Texas or, you know, red dirt, it swells, it shrinks. You could be on a job that was balanced when you, when you uh, bid it, you get out there and everybody and their mom's been dumping dirt on it and you got a 10,000 yard grade bus and you're going to the owner like, Hey, I need to help with this. And they're like, Oh, well, that's not my problem. And you're like, uh, yeah, it is. You know, you and me have been through everything. We've talked about it. It's, it's such a, the way the laws are written in our state are so <laughs> geared for everyone else, but the contractors. Yeah, you're geared to your beard. You're geared to literally get away. With, yeah, you're. Yeah. No, but you 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 go through a lot of trouble for it, and we've both been there. I mean, I I'm in I've been dealing with it myself. I think everybody in the you know if you're gonna be honest with yourself and you're gonna be honest as a contractor and honest as a person, anyone that says that they always pay their bills is absolutely and I'm gonna say it. I don't care because I'll edit it for YouTube. Is full of fucking shit. <laughs> So, it, it, there's nobody that can pay their bills at all times. It doesn't happen because you're going to get on one job, the guy don't pay you, or he's going to take fucking ever to pay you. So, you know, people pointing fingers at us like, hey, why can't you pay this? My favorite one, this happened to me a couple months back. I went on a job. I got the job done. I couldn't get, I never got paid a cent. The I filed a lien. All the suppliers filed liens. They called me and said, you need to pay the suppliers before we pay you. I says, fucking bet. I'm not paying shit till you pay me. So I, I, you know what I did? I did the right thing. I turned all the invoices in for all my suppliers. And I've been doing that now for about the last year. I just turned supplier invoices in with my draw. I go, here, here's every supplier. Cut them their own checks. I don't want to deal with the liability anymore. Yep. Put the liability on you. Yep. And you know what's funny? We get paid faster now. I start doing joint checks on trucking. I get paid so much faster now because they know these trucking companies don't play, no. you know, and these trucking companies, they got money and they will get good. They got the best lawyers in town. No, they, they will get their money. I know oh yeah. I know. I know. I'm trying to get them. <laughs> I got a pretty good one. I won't lie. But, um, you know, it, it, I, caveat what we just talked about. My prediction for 23 is no growth, steady work, and not as much labor issue because companies, the big companies, are going to start feeling the heat. They're going to start laying guys off. Who do they lay off? They always lay off their most expensive guys. Those are the guys you scoop up because those guys are usually A, experienced, B, hardworking dudes, and C, they're probably not going to give you a lot of problems. So you're going to see smaller companies absorbing these better operators, better project managers, better superintendents, better foremans. And these smaller companies are going to start knocking on the door on these big guys. And they're not going to grow, but they're going to start taking them on on their work. Yeah. And it's going to get interesting. You're going to see a change in the hierarchy here pretty soon, I think. I could be wrong, but oh wait, the same thing happened. Yeah. A lot of companies you never heard of became massive. Yeah. So. Well, and also, to flip the side of that coin, my other theory is the reason why I think Podcasting? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let me show you nothing.
I agree. There's so many ways that people are making money now besides like just a job. Yeah. I got a friend of mine now. I got a friend of mine now. He just does crypto. Yeah. He, he saved up for like 10 years working in the oil field. And he's like, I'm going to get into crypto. And I was like, this is 2014. I'm like, what the hell is crypto? He started telling me about it. And I was like, he oh, he got into He bought a ton of Bitcoin, dude, when it was like dirt cheap. And my buddy knew a guy that paid for my buddy knew a guy that paid for a pizza with like some ungodly amount of freaking Bitcoin back in like 2008. And they said what it would be worth now would be like five billion dollars or some crazy crap. I mean, it was like four or five million Bitcoin for like a pizza, you know, but it was back when it was worth nothing. Yeah. You know, it was worth like a fraction of a cent. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, it's like Eurotrip when they went over there with pennies. He tips them like two pennies, and the guy's like, I built my own hotel. So, um, so Doc, where are you seeing the modern construction industry going? Yeah, I think so too. I think it's going to get to the point of construction where it's all robots. I mean, yeah. you're not going to. I mean, we'd be sitting here having a podcast while we got things digging. Running 24 hours a day. Yeah, yeah. On a battery. Yeah. That's running off a massive gen- diesel generator that powers it, though. Tesla battery. You yeah. Because he came up with some nonsense 10 years from now. There you go. I think I think I agree with what you're saying. Um, I've been watching a lot of the stuff with Cat, what they're doing with automation, where the guy's sitting in a control room and he's at like an office and he's running like seven machines at once. Yeah. It's and all he does is they build the GPS model, they go out, lay it out. They still got to send a surveyor out there to lay everything out. Exactly. They put the machines out. The thing that'll be different though for us, I think, in Texas, that'll be a little different for us versus other states. Um, 
but states that have to do moisture conditioning, I think it's going to take a little bit longer to see the automation because you still have to have a guy out there that's spraying water. You still have to have a guy out there that's with the tech. Listen. Yeah, I mean, my thing is, is that's going to be the one with boots on the ground. Those tough guys. No one's going to be in those machines. No, but you'll you'll have to have someone that's knowing when to start throwing the dirt back in the hole because, you know, you, you have times there where you might sit 10 minutes, you're waiting on the tech to give you a thumbs up. or. Oh, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. No. I think there's going to be a little switch that can just turn on. You know, just like you could turn on my truck with my app, and I could be in Montana, and I could start my damn truck in Texas. That's how I, that's how I feel like that's going to end up being. You're going to start up your tractor on your app. It'll be a cool cat app. that be like, ooh, here's your login. Log in. And then you're going to sit here, put your phone there, listen to your Joe Rogan podcast like a nerd, so you got four hours just to blow. And then you're going to sit there, and you'll probably be sitting in a nice, comfortable, awesome gaming chair. You're going to have gaming computer screens, I feel like. You know, those little curves that you see. And then you're going to sit there and run it. And then you're going to get a phone call from the guy that's testing going, hey, man. You need to go and track over here real quick. And, you know, it's going to be surreal for that guy looking at that machine after, you know, he's been working for 20 years, and he's like, there's not a damn person here. Like, why am I here? And then all of a sudden it starts moving. His eyes are going to be like, what the hell? But that's that's what I think it's going to end up being because it's going to be cheaper than having trucks. It's going to be cheaper than having company credit cards, company trucks, company this and that. Everyone wants to work from home now since 2020. They all got to stay at the house, and they really just want to stay at the house. It's true. It's going to be interesting because you're going to see a complete change of the culture too. You're gonna, you're, it's gonna, you're gonna be hard pressed to find a guy that in 20, 30 years that ran equipment. I mean, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a dying skill. Yeah. Um, you know, in the eighteen hundreds, the guys that lit the lanterns mm-hmm. when electricity came out. Hundreds of thousands of people lost jobs because they didn't have to have a guy that went around and lit the city candles right before it got dark. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's uh, it's crazy. The thing that I think will be interesting to see, too, though, is it's already kind of happening. We don't realize it, but it has. Think about the walk-behind rollers now. They're, it's a completely self-sustaining machine. There's no cab. There's no seat for it. You just sit up on top of the trench and run the trencher. And you could do it running your excavator. I've seen guys do that. They'll, they'll have the excavator hand filling as he's running it and he's running the roller at the same time so i mean it's i think the movie interstellar i already told us where this was heading when that like matthew mcconaughey's stuff was just running by itself at the combines just all right all right all right i like my combines get all the young that's what it's doing i think i think i mean people think it's crazy until it happens yeah. they say it's impossible until it happens So what do you recommend for the viewers on clients this year? I think no matter what, get some money up front. I mean, you can work. I've been doing this forever. I, I, I get deposits up front. I don't know how you commercial guys do it. So when I work commercial, guess what I do? I get deposits up front. I make you jealous. Because I even get paid a maximum bi-weekly. I'm not waiting on 
not happening. I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and have an argument and wait 120 days or six months, eight months over a job that was already completed, and then they still want to hold 10% for retaining it. Like, no, it's not doing it. I think what people need to start focusing towards, and if everyone starts doing it, is taking deposit money. Being honest with your customer. Be like, hey, when you see equipment here, I need a check. There's my deposit. It'd be 25%. So I only time I do ten percent is if it's customers I've been dealing with for you know, my dad's been dealing with for twenty plus years, I've been dealing with them for the last ten years. But this year, people are gonna be real tight with their money and I think they're gonna be real slow to pay, but they're gonna want their shit done. So if a lot of people treated the same way, get some money up front and hey, bi weekly pay or even weekly pay. I'm on a big slaughterhouse right now. I get paid weekly. You're talking four acre lagoon, 30 acre site. I'm getting paid weekly. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's because I feel like if you allow the customers to keep going to that, you know, you're playing, you're desperate. Don't play like you're desperate. Play like, I don't have to be here. I go somewhere else that's going to pay me up front. Get started. Don't take off with their money. Some of you jack wagons, some of y'all jack wagons, just take off with some people's money. But owners of the property owners, y'all kind of, kind of do the same jack wagon nonsense too. So I say, get a deposit up front. You know, I don't, I don't care how you need something up front, and then you need a schedule. No longer a ten day wait for your draw. I agree. Yeah. You better make them spend it or go somewhere else. Yeah, it's the truth. GPS versus old school. Yeah, it shows. <laughs> when we went to the John Deere Proving Grounds, it was when the 850Ls came out. Mm-hmm. And How we're... Uh, oh, I have one. You didn't know I had one? No, but that's a name. You can come to Job and Run it one day if you want. <clears throat> yeah, it's all right. I just got a cylinder replaced on it last week, but... <laughs> Um. Yeah, the problem is the GPS is tied into it too. So then they had to tweak with the wires a little bit. Oh yeah. Um. We're we're up there in Illinois, and there was union guys up there, and uh, they were doing the training with us. And me and a couple guys from Texas were running. And my buddy Willie, who was our RDO rep at the time for Topcon, he calls me up and he goes, he was outside with the instructor, and he goes. You running autos? I said, no, I got I got the shit off. I'm just looking at the screen, using it like plans, just cutting grade. We're cutting out a John John Deere logo, so I was cutting out the legs, right? I cut them perfectly, right? And this other guy's running GPS, and I see him every five minutes. He's adjusting the 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 hold down so he can get 
Yeah, so he can get the grade. He keeps kicking autos on so he can just, you know, because, you know, if you cut over three-tenths of GPS, it's just going to just gonna sit there and spin the tracks. The blade's just going to dig into the ground and, you know, do that. So I'm sitting there, and I'm cutting it freehand. I get it cut out, and I get within two-tenths. I kick the autos on. Slick it up. And I go park, and everybody else is still working. <laughs> the guy goes, did you run GPS the whole time? That was the whole point of this lesson. I said, no. If I have to rely on a computer to do this job, I have no business sitting in this tractor. Yeah. And that's how I feel. That's the way I was brought up. Yeah. And is it a great tool? Yes. Is it a great thing to have in a cab? I think it's a great reference tool. Because if you, you don't want to take a full set of plans, put them up in front of you, or a tablet, and you're trying to zoom in and look, you got it right in front of you. Just zoom in a little bit. You can see your line work. If you're cutting edges on a road or you're cutting, you know, curb line, whatever you're cutting back. Because think about it, 10 years ago, when you used to cut a fire line out, you'd cut five foot on five foot past on both sides because you didn't exactly know where it was. <laughs> yeah, you had stakes, but you still rough cut it out wider than you needed to. Yeah. And then you ended up coming back and having to backfill four or five extra foot of dirt, whereas now I hold off two foot. That gives a concrete guy plenty of room to set curbs. And then we come back, and we have piles of dirt sitting right there. So when they pour, they put set their forms, they pour, we can literally take our skid steer and just go, whoop, and it's flat up against the curb. Our machine backfill takes three days on most size jobs. I see guys that are piling dirt up in one spot still like it's the old days, and they're like, hey, man, we've been out here for two and a half freaking weeks. And I'm like, why are you still here, dude? Well, because we piled all our topsoil in one spot. Okay, man. Yeah, yeah. You're doing a big pad or something. Yeah, or you're doing a big, huge cut fill job. Yeah, if you got to get your fire lane to grade and you got to yeah. come up five or six feet, yes, I get that. But if you're on a job but you're literally cutting eight tenths and you're on grade, leave it. Leave the shit where it's at, yeah. dude. You're not in anybody's way. And when the concrete guy's done, all you're doing is putting it back to slicking it up. Some of us ain't cool like you, you know, you're I'm pedal wheel. I'm pretty sure I'm one of the last small contractors to still run pedal I wish we had one, man. I'd kill to have one. I, I want one bad. You know how many times on jobs and Robert come up to me and goes, I wish we had a pedal wheel out here. I'm like, oh, I do too. But I'm not paying what they want for these 621s, 627s. Nah. Oh, the bees are the best. Hell yeah. Why? All mechanical. Yep. No, I... <laughs> if you were if you were going to run GPS would you prefer Trimble or Topcon? I really don't know. I, I, only thing I've ever owned for like shooting grades was Topcon. So I guess I would say Topcon. Yeah. But like I said I don't really have much of a dog in the fight so I don't really I never had a job where I'd use GPS even a commercial job where they're like hey man it's required out here for the entire duration of the job I was like okay and then dude, I was a smart ass I remember when I first started with GPS. This dates me a little bit, but <laughs> yeah. uh, you were probably getting out of high school. But <laughs> they had 
they the thing was back in the day they didn't have a, a capability to put it in the old school cat dashes so they used to put it on a sucker that went on your window on your pat right and it went right in front of where your uh cut stick the blade control was on the dozer and your autos weren't on the joysticks there was two little handles you had to pull up and that's what kicked on the gps <laughs> and dude you'd be like put you'd put your lunchbox in there or something and break that stick and they're like we gotta shut this one down for the day because you done broke the gps and it's like well i mean yeah i mean you know because they were outfitting them on they weren't purpose-built dozers back then they had yeah. to do all these mods to them to get the gps to work anyways Whereas now you can just order one from the factory. It's got all hardwired in. You don't got to mess with anything, and it's built into the dash, and you're just like, oh, okay, here's auto's cool. Whereas when I started, you're like, this thing's in my view. I can't hardly see my blade now because I got this screen thing right in my face. And most guys that ran hated it yeah. back in the day. They hated it. They were like, why am I? Most guys wouldn't even put the sucker up until they knew they were close to grade. Yeah. I wouldn't even turn mine on. Yeah. I'd literally leave it in the case in my truck. And everybody be like, you run your GPS today? Because, you know, you had the big mass and you had the giant antenna and stuff. And they always put them on the eights especially. They always put them right in the freaking middle where your push push guard was. <laughs> put it by the buddy. Yeah, yeah. And you'd be like, you'd be like sitting there and you're like pushing a massive pile of rock or something or whatever you're pushing. And just bend it. Dude, we, we went through like seven of them in one week, dude, on this job we were doing. Actually, right over here. And, oh, my God. The, the Tremble guys were out there every day freaking fixing something. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, I don't even want to know, you know, when I first started with it, like how much these old school contractors just started running that we're spending. Because, dude, that shit was breaking left and right back in the day. I mean, don't get me wrong now. It breaks, but it don't break like it used to. You know, because the sensors are up on the cab and, you know, like they, they did it right. I will say that they finally did do it right now. I mean, you don't... Yeah, but you know, when we first started with it, I'm like, dude, this is like stupid as crap. It was great to have a guy on the ground that had a rover. Yeah, he could tell you what you needed to do. You know, you know, he'd shoot you some stakes with some paint marks on it. You were good to go, dude. You knew where your fills were and let's roll. You know, but for me, oh Jesus, that's true. Close enough. It's, it's good for my house. <laughs> hey, as long as it drains, right? <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah you're golden. <laughs> Can you turn in your ass belts? Yeah. You see those pin flags out there? There's your ass belts. Operators 
in the dump truck, guys. We were going through states left and fucking right. And I said, you know what? I'm tired of pounding these states back in. So he just gets little pin flags, <laughs> the little orange, you know, flappy, and he goes, you know, for his cups and fills, he goes, C. And let's say it's like, you know, let's say it's like four tens. He'll go, 0. 0.40. F for Phil. See, and he's like, see, look, I dumped it down for y'all. So, whenever I was doing that, someone asked me to read steaks. And I was 17, I was like, what do you mean read steaks? What are we talking about? <laughs> and they're like, you don't know how to read steaks? I was like, I read flags. What are you talking about steaks? They're like, you don't know what OS is? I was like, maybe offset? I don't know. And they're like, do you know what these numbers are? I was like, Probably cut four foot. I was like, I, I, I got common sense. They're like, what well, you say you can't read steak? I was like, I read flags. I don't read steaks. Oh, I've read flags my whole life. Just jack whatever, but you know. I was like, let me show you. I, I can make a straight line with flags. Don't blow your mind to lay out like a pad. You would, you would be mind blown how close I can get the square to stiffen it off. Hell yeah. Hey, nothing wrong with the old school way, man. You know, there's a reason that to this day they still sell steaks mm-hmm. and they still sell pin flags and they still sell paint because there's tons of guys out there that still use it. And I still run blue tops on every one of my jobs. And the GCs tell me all the time, they're like, you're one of the only ones left I know that'll set blue tops on my job. And I go, no, because you know why? When I step off this bitch, it's on grade. And if it's not, I'm going to own it. I'm going to come fix it. But guess what happens when that utility guy wants to spread a foot of dirt over my shit? Yeah, we go, we go, we, yeah, we go back out there with our, with our, with our rover, because we shot all our points where we put our blue tops. We put our rover there. We kick the dirt off and look at what pops up—a little blue feather. And you know what happens every time the GC goes, "Yeah, just write it up for me and give me a number." I'm like, "Yeah, that's what I thought." So, you know, nine times out of ten. Um, I want to talk about something that actually happened today. Um, yeah, yeah, we had a we have a job that we're doing for a great client of ours, and yeah, and uh, the uh, concrete contractor kept saying my guys are all four tenths out there on the job. So I bring my surveyor out. He comes out and shoots it in, checks in. Everything's lining up with our benchmark and his benchmark. Everything's lining up. So, my guy calls me, and he says, hey, everything looks pretty good. I don't know what they're talking about. I think when they laid out the stairs, they had a bust out there, and they didn't want to tell anybody that they had a bust. So, they just adjusted their grades to make it look bad for us. I said, no problem. You know, we'll f- we'll fix it. We'll just take care of it. It's a good client. I'm not trying to start no drama about it. So, we get out there. Guys are like, of course, our skid steer's gone down. We had the hydraulic pump or something like sealed, sucked up on it or something. So it just, de- now it's a John Deere, skid steer. Hey, I got a Kubota too, dude. Don't judge. Oh, come on. Well, anyways. <laughs> um, so we were, um, so we're trying to get the 95 out there because it just got out of the shop. And. Yeah, well, anyways, anyways, uh, <laughs> what it happened was, no, uh, so we get it on, we get it taken care of, 
And uh, I tell him Monday morning we're going to be out there with the rover all day. And we're going to just – all it was was the corners of the um, the forms, yeah. were, were, there was piles of dirt that were just barely inside where the forms go. And these guys were so lazy to kick the dirt behind the forms. So they, <laughs> you know what it was. They didn't have enough guys out there. So they made an excuse so they could buy two or three days to get their concrete crew that's pouring somewhere freed up so they can get out there and tie rebar. So they're playing the whole, oh, it, you know, you know, it's uh, this ain't good. This ain't good. This ain't good. You know, that's what they do. So anyways, for people that don't know, this is what concrete contractors are notorious for. And anybody that's listening as a country contractor, I love you, but this is the truth. You do it, and we know you do it. If you can't get to a job, but you throw two guys out there to look like they're doing something, they're tying forms and all that good stuff, you go out and start checking your grades. And first thing you do is you go, oh, well, this is off. And we go, what are you talking about? It's off. And then we spend three days out there with our surveyor at our expense proving you wrong. And then once we finally do, by the time this all gets sorted out, your other crew that was pouring concrete has completed that pour, and they therefore show up, and they go, oh, everything's fine now. And then miraculously, when you come back a couple days later, they got their little skid steer out there, and they're just dressing up the sides and stuff. But they didn't complain about it when they were out there the first time. No, they're complaining about three tents, and there's no three tents bust out there. They're just complaining about a little pile of dirt that might be inside their forms. Oh, yeah, this happens all the time. But I always remember, as my good friend Robert says it, it's always the dirt man's fault. So I'm going to tell y'all how we really. Yep. So, Doc, tell us about your real estate company. Got a, if you got a 700 and you're in excavation, 
though dealership treats you like a god. <laughs> you know? So, we bought 40 acres. I can get with Austin Good or a guy like Austin Good to be an equity partner, leverage partner, and then you buy a piece of property. And then you sell off lots. You prefer to sell the road frontage first, so you don't have to build your road. And we sold seven lots during COVID, during the pandemic, like 30 days. Seven lots in 30 days. That's insane. So cheap. I'm not even going to say it on air because it's disgusting, but we got it pretty cheap. It's one of those situations the girl's dad died. He was a hoarder. I mean, it was, there's probably about $60,000 worth of cleanup on that property. <laughs> like chicken houses that look like meth houses. Um, I don't think he's you know, into meth, but you know, like that methy vibes. You know what I'm saying? Like, you walk in there and you're like, this is podunk as hell. He had a shack that he's living in in the front. They literally had the shitter water just running out. <laughs> it was wild, but it's gold for us because we're like, I got the equipment. I can just go through this. You can make something like that into an RV park. You can make something like that into like multiple fourplexes on that. Like you, the options are limitless. What I, after doing that deal, found out, I don't want to do land development. Not like that. I don't want to sell it and never have it again. I think I would rather, on my next one, I think I'd rather own a finance or build an RV park, something that is cash flow every month. Yeah. Because for guys like us, when you can have a side hustle that's cash flowing, you know what you're doing in training? You ain't crying about it. Yeah, exactly. There's people I know that are in painting that finally said, you know what, screw it, I'm going to. I've had a couple of really good jobs. I've made a good chunk of money, and I'm just going to do a bunch of duplexes. Mm hmm. Guess what he doesn't do in 2016 when Raymond's ass off? Crap. Yeah, he ain't crying. Yeah. He's like, mm, it sucks for some people, but it's good for me. Yeah. <laughs> rain or shine, my old son, rain or shine. What would you say the hardest thing to do, though, to get into it is? Is learning the game? Is it learning yeah. the whole system? It's not, it's not even that. The hard, the, when you get into, like, let's say if you want to be a land You gotta get in with the county. You gotta know what the county regulations blah blah. Same shit you need to know on a commercial job. What the regulations are, what you can and can't do. You gotta know blah 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 before you build your road. Then you gotta get approvals. There's so much red tape that gets involved, but high risk, high reward type situation. But get into it, you're gonna need capital. Someone will capital. So like, let's say all you gentlemen in excavation. You know, if a guy like me and you partnered up and want to do an RV park, we do it cheaper than anyone else. Damn right. Who else is going to bring rock cheaper than the people that bring rock? Who's going to do the dirt work cheaper than the guys that do dirt work? You know what I'm saying? And you still can put a markup in it and make money on it. Nickel is better than a slow dime. And I, you know, there's a lot to 
But that slow dime that pays over time ends up being a well. It ends up being nothing but Benjamins, too. It ain't dimes anymore. No. Don't spend your money on stupid shit. No. Get into real estate. Get into something. Don't get into stocks. Stocks. Here's my personal opinion on stocks. You know what stocks are? Rich man's feelings. Yeah. If they're feeling good, it's doing good. Yeah. If they're sad about something, it's going to reflect. Yeah. I mean, look at Elon Musk, man. He changes the market or whatever. He tweets something. I mean, it's truth. The guy's a genius, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's made a ton of money. We got warmed up. Yeah. Warren Buffett's been doing it longer than anybody, mm-hmm. you know, and he owns probably more companies than anybody in the world, but you don't know that, mm-hmm. you know, his, his main holding company owns massive amounts of companies. Yeah. Never hear about it. Yeah. That's why he contributes both ways. He's yeah. one of the only ones that does, though. See, that's why us little people need to kind of get into acting like we're the big dogs, too. Yeah. I always heard growing up, <clears throat> in this business especially, never play with your own money anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, see, like, <clears throat> you can find plenty of people that want to get into the real estate. So, like, what I do is I find out how I can be an asset to someone's organization. They already know the game. And a little piece of a pie Or you got the crumbs on the floor. Hey, you know what? I'll lick those damn crumbs. Damn right. Yeah. Mama taught me 10 second roll or as long as I ain't got mold. You know? Yeah. As long as I ain't going to give you cooties, you know, you're good to go. Now fill me in. You're basically taking over someone's mortgage. There's some risk to it. But <clears throat> let's say, like, prime example. He, he's getting the 60-acre ranch for a cost of a mortgage payment. Wow. Now, it's not technically, you know, how it seemed like. It's not technically deeded to you. But it is basically yours to do whatever you want with. But the bank note's still in the other people's name. So you're paying the bank note. You're doing a subject to. And I asked him, I was like, how do you not get screwed? Like, homeboy dies and their kid's trying to take it. He goes, you better know what the fuck you're doing. I was like, okay, Ryan Jackson. I got you. All right, all right. I need to learn a little bit more from Ryan Jackson. You put yourself in a position to get with people like that, and they can teach you a whole lot. Oh, yeah. Dude, inadvertent, just teach you a whole lot. Whenever you tell me subject to and tell me how it works, I was like, makes a lot of sense. And he goes, and you don't get the people that have a house in 1960 find out there's a lot of liens on that bad boy. Because <laughs> 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 they get the model where like, they're like the first year or two into it and then they go, oh crap. Because like the market's already changed like he told me. He goes, it's correcting itself and they're way upside down on that property. It's out there towards West Texas. And he's taking over a 60 acre branch 
for the price of a mortgage payment. Yeah, and he can do whatever he wants. He can have hog hunts. He can have trophy deer hunts out there and make a killer out there. Yeah, he can make a dude ranch out of it. Yep. Yeah, sporting ranch. So what do you think about these guys that are uh, <laughs> that do these operator schools? It's a joke. Yeah. It's... Here's the thing. I understand going to school for AC. I understand going to school for electric. I understand going to school for plumbing. But going to school to operate heavy equipment. You can literally get paid if you are trainable, if you are trainable, hell, if you're trainable and willing to work, most likely one of us is looking to hire at least one more guy. Even though we're still downsizing, we can run a five-man crew. Right now, I'm a skeleton four-man crew. Yeah. I had ten guys. If you give me, if you give me ten guys that'll listen and have a good work ethic, I'll teach you anything you want to know about it. Oh yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's the problem is now is finding the people that want to do that. But a lot of times. Because he listened. Yeah. Oh, and you like this. He was a uh, um, sergeant in the army. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's, That's probably. About the military guys. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, <laughs> not you. You got the next phase when I told you not to. Yeah. Well, you know. <clears throat> you know. I think that's a passion. Yeah. Well, <laughs> since you when you've been doing it since you were about fourteen years old, it's hard as hell to walk away from it. You know, we were talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the thing that I think about, though, whenever I consider that, like we talk about all the time, is I think about my guys. Mm-hmm. I think about my name. I think about the legacy. And I think about I want to hand it off to the next guy that takes it over for me mm-hmm. way better than it was when I started it. Yeah. I want it to be healthy. I want it to be established. I want it to be cash flow positive. There's ways to get there. And it's, I think the biggest thing, too, is time. Uh, some of the best lessons you're ever going to learn in business, this is for people that are wanting to get into business, is no matter how many seminars you go to, all these guys on Instagram, I'm going to make you a millionaire in a year, you know, all those guys. The best way to learn is when you get your teeth kicked in. Mm-hmm. Best license in life are when you get your teeth kicked in. Little things that you don't think about. When you get a scope of work on a contract, print off your damn proposal and take a look at it and compare A to A. Are we jiving here or are we not jiving here? That's number one. You you can make you will make all your money or lose all your money before you put a piece of iron on a job by your contract.
know any better. You know, you're 19, 20. You don't know any fucking better. You just think, what are he's been doing? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Then you get into it. Then you see the side that, you know, like parents don't want you to see certain things that go on. It's not their, their job is to make you make sure you are safe, comfortable, nothing's wrong. Which, that helps and then that can handicap a lot. It handicapped me a little bit. Because going into it, I thought, handshaking the smiles. I saw so many of those interactions, nothing went wrong. Well, he did that with this horse lady in New Hope. Not naming names, but I really want to. Back 2014, I think, whatever. I got a few. the truth. Summer 2021, do a job in Austin, get paid first two draws, have a change order, legitimate change order. We came in behind another contractor, saved the day, fixed everything, turned in the invoices because the GC we work for required it. Turn in the invoices. They're like, hey, we're going to pay the rentals for you because we had to rent equipment. We were in Austin. We didn't bring our own stuff down there. I'm not going to. I had five. Yeah, I had four jobs going in, in Dallas, right? So they're like, hey, we'll pay all your suppliers for you. So then we get a notice in the mail <laughs> from the rental company that that bill hadn't been paid. So I call them up. I say, hey, man, what's going on? Oh, well, you know. So anyways, that's being dealt with right now. But um, that happened. That was about two hundred grand, and then uh, a job we did in Fort Worth at Meacham Airport. Uh, we worked for a very notorious GC before they imploded and went out of business. Um, they paid us the first draw, and we are supposed to get the check finally from the bonding company, and that was almost two years ago. So we took almost $400,000, close to half a million dollar hit in a month and a half. And I'm still standing here. Yeah, there's a lot of pissed off people so at me. How many suicide hotlines 
Uh, I will tell you what saved my life. You want to know what saved my life? It's called a Harley Davidson. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I tell people that all the time. They're like, what saved your life? I'm like, Harley. I won't ever wear their shirts, but uh, they're, they're too expensive. But uh, Harley Davidson saved my life, man. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I think also the other thing too, though, is is having people call like you, um, having friends in the industry that get it, um, having good people that have brought you up, that have mentored you and helped you mold you into you to tell you how to handle situations. You know, I have that. I have a few of you guys that I can call around the around the town, around the country that I can call that are in the same business as me that are willing to go, hey, bro, I've been where you've been. This is what you do. Or, hey, keep your freaking head up. Yeah. This ain't over yet. Well, it's because it's happened to all of us. Yeah. I don't, I don't care who you are. No one gets through this game unscathed. So, Doc, in closing, what are your biggest goals for the year personally? What you want to do in business? All that kind of stuff. on everybody I really think it's been nobody's really making money right now they'll say they are but they're not and it's they are kudos to them because you know there's there's at least got to be a couple that are making a little bit of money but the the thing is yeah I talked about the mass majority and if they're still making money freaking kudos dude pretty awesome it's one of those proud of you moments but don't chime in on this whenever you're the only one doing good you know yeah exactly (laughs) this ain't about you don't rain on my parade, bro. Yeah, let me have my soapbox. So tonight's unofficial sponsor is Liquid Death. It tasted pretty good, the one you gave me. It wasn't bad. Well, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter as long as you're enjoying it, right? funniest thing that happened to me this year uh last year was um we were on a job and (laughs) one of my guys calls me and i'll never forget it he calls me up and he goes hey we got a problem out here so what's going on he's like we found a bunch of bricks and i said where are you at in this hole they were digging from moisture condition so what do you mean just bricks he's like dude they're old bricks like really old bricks I said, okay, well, what's so bad about bricks? He goes, well, what we found underneath the bricks. And I'm thinking, dead body. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, oh, crap, they're going to shut the job down. You know, freaking CSI is going to show up. You know, <laughs> I'm going to get interviewed, polygraphed. And I was like, no. Well, it turned out 
What they ended up finding was uh, it was an old house that they had demoed, like, I guess back in the 40s or something. And, right. And it was a leftover fireplace, and they buried it. And But over time, you know, almost a foot of dirt got on top of it. So it just, they were digging, and they were like, why is all this brick here? So they were freaking out, thinking, you know, they're going to start finding all sorts of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. And uh, it reminded me of that time. <laughs> I know brings back that memory that one night I'm on an eight and we're finishing up for the day and we're doing a couple cuts and I start digging my blade in the ground and I start looking out of the corner of my blade and instead of dirt coming out I start seeing like concrete pieces what the hell is that well come find out we hit a there was a old duck bank that was sitting there and it still had live wire in it nobody knew it was live yeah that was that was pretty intense. I was like, "Whoa!" That's one of those when the employee encounters that. It's like that commercial when he goes, "It was at that time he knew he fucked up." <laughs> oh, I mean, they make TikToks on for that. Oh no! Oh, oh yeah! The, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Oh, we, I think everybody listening's had it if they've been doing this more than a day. So, what are your uh, what are your plans for the year, uh, work wise and stuff? To you? What are you looking at trying to do, jobs wise? What are you wanting to do? Yeah. I bet. Yeah. I had water in it. I thought it was good. Yeah. Got a pon- Yeah, you got a pontoon boat out there, and you're trying to get the cows out. <laughs> good times. I didn't know I was in the swamps, but I guess I is. <laughs> Get one of them floating track hoses. It's got the got the floaters on it like they use down the swamps. I think I think it would be absolutely incredible, but at the same time, you can totally sink that thing in like five seconds. Yeah, because like I know. I see those guys, like, I see the videos of them all the time on, like, YouTube or something where they're digging. And it's like this, and they're doing this number. And then you see the video five minutes later, and it's like the bucket's up in the air, and the whole cab's underwater. <laughs> well, I think the buoyancy just got gone. Yeah, it's like, I think you picked up too big of a rock, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really looking forward to this year, especially. It... it you know, we just had the election, so I'm not a, I'm not going to talk about politics on my show. I, it's not my thing. Um, yeah, and exactly. No, it's true. I mean, it is. But what the best thing for an economy is when you have split parties in office. If you have, you know, one, the House is Republican and the, you know, the Senate's Democrat. That's actually the best thing that can happen for a business because nothing's going to get passed. 
So you're not going to have any kind of policies passed that, you know, rake taxes up or this is going to happen or this is going to happen. Whereas everyone thinks, oh, this inflation has everything to do with the federal government. Yes, it does a branch of the federal government. The Fed, real bank, sets the interest rate. Congress does not enact anything to do with that. That is on the Fed. So the Fed decides what interest rates are. It's the biggest private bank in the world. A lot of people don't know. It's actually a private bank. It is run by the federal government. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, you know, you remember when you were sleeping in history class drooling? That's when you should have been paying attention. No, I went to white sprawl. You know what history class was? The teacher sleeping. Probably. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's like ag class. I remember Mr. <laughs> I remember, I remember Mr. Bean be sitting in there. You have a dip and he's like, y'all want to go tractor supply? Yeah, let's go tractor supply. But I'll jump in the FFA truck and drive down to the tractor supply. And that was class. Hmm. Oh no, they, we didn't. We didn't buy nothing at Tractor Supply. It was just we went to Tractor Supply. Oh, it's still high end. Got enough fuel money to make it that far. Well, I mean, it is Sanger Bangers, so you know. Uh. <laughs> yeah, when I went to Lake Dallas my last two years, it was Mr. Bean. He was just about as bad. And he's like, "You guys want to go down to Ace Hardware?" Well, well yeah, I guess so. We go. Bougie, yeah. They got an ace in Lake Dallas that's been there since, shit, probably the 70s. They ain't changed nothing in it. It's probably the same old man works in there, worked in there 40 years ago. <laughs> Come on in, the water's fine. So, um, what are your plans for the future of Dirt Guy? I know we wanted to talk. You didn't want to talk about it, but I'm going to bring it up. I think three million or something like that. Yeah. That's like Denton County. Yeah. 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 You see what I'm saying? I just was there. You know, we, you know, my brother lives up there. He's a professor at Montana State, and it's. We went up there, and I loved it. It's beautiful. The only thing (laughs) is, you know, when I was in the army, I lived in Colorado, 
and dealing with the snow and the cold. That that's the that's what hurts. That's why them. Yeah, that's why them dudes in Greenland jump in the water in the middle of freaking February. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you go. Yeah, I mean, you go up to like Iceland or you know Greenland, and dudes are swimming in the middle of the winter. Dude, they'll take a chainsaw, cut a hole in the middle of the ocean that's froze over. Go yeah. jump in it, and they'll stay in it for like ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah, you're going – it's for a good cause, though, man. Yeah. That's what you got to remember. It's always it, – when it sucks, it's you got to remember it's for the right thing. It's for oh, the yeah. good causes. And, you know, we used to run all the time with – we used to do the, we used to call them plate runs. Yeah. And we'd put them on, and we'd do, you know, four or five miles. We'd go run as a squad or platoon. And uh, it, it was brutal. Yeah. yeah they were brutal. Oh, and, and, brutal. And you're running in Colorado at elevation, too. So, it was like six, seven – at Carson, I think it was, like, on post, like, on Cantonment. I'm not even talking about in the training areas. Just, like, on the road. Yeah. It was, like, 6,000 feet. <laughs> so, then we'd go run, like, NBC Hill and stuff. Oh, yeah. And, dude, the thing was, like, everybody's like, man, you shouldn't smoke up here. I'm like, dude, that's the only way my lungs open up is to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> like, yeah, it's the only way you can breathe, you know? And, you know, dude, that was the only place in the Army I ever failed PT tests was Carson. Dude, I went to Japan and like I would smoke a run, dude. I came there like you know I went from Carson to sea level. Yeah. So I show up my new unit and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna do a PT test tomorrow." I was like, "Bet." So we did the PT test, and I used to run like a fourteen when I was in Colorado between a fourteen and a fifteen, and <laughs> I come across the line at like twelve thirty, and I'm like, "Wow, I'm fast," you know. <laughs> And, and realistically, I'm like, no, I've just been running at 6,000 freaking feet for the last, you know, five years of my life. So, right. you know. Well, like, it doesn't care if you uh, lose a whitefish Montana. And uh, we were visiting up there for a tattoo. And she was telling us about her marathon in California. And she's like, you know, I was training in whitefish. And I go to California, go run it in the middle of summer. She's like, I was dying. I couldn't finish it. 
No. If it's after March, don't even waste your time, man. You're going to die. I mean, I, <laughs> you're going to hear about Doc on the news here pretty soon. I'm just like, <laughs> killed over. Ain't got no gas. So, we need to get back on construction a little bit here. You know, I mean, this is a construction podcast. Only fans, bro? No, I'm just playing. Only dirty fans. Oh, dear. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. Yeah. Hey, you know. Yep. That's like, uh, I love that that rap. Me and my dozer. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that one? The cat. In my D6 and... <laughs> yeah. And I got that AccuGrade. <laughs> Never got a pass again. Yeah, I stay on gray, bro. But uh, you know, I think it's fun, man. When you get, when you get, the best time in my career was I was working at Mario Cinecola, and this was I don't know eight or nine years ago. And we're on a mass. We're building a neighborhood, but I mean, it was just a massive job. I mean, we had six fifty sevens running. We had six twenty threes. We had off roads. We had like four seventies. Hell, I even think we had a. I want to say we had like one ten, probably about eight eights. I mean, it was, we was getting it. And dude, it was so cool, man. Because I came from a really small company before that, and I showed up there. And I'll tell you something, and you'll agree with me on this. Those dudes back in the day knew how to move dirt. They did not play. And the, I tip my hat to the brothers, the Senecola brothers. They were, dude, them dudes were, they were hounds. And they got it done. And they would pull up on that job. I remember when I first started, dude, they was like, hey, you see a black Land Rover? Roll up on this job site. Do not stop. Because it's going to be your ass. And, <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, them dudes would not play, man. They would be like, I mean, they'd get out in a $4,000 fucking suit and just start ripping your ass, dude, in the middle of a fucking job site, dude. It'd be moisture condition. They'd drive out in the mud. They didn't give a fuck. Because to them, you were robbing from them. And that's the way I was brought up. So to me, when I see guys just sitting around on job sites now, I'm like, bro. You were on my job site. Yeah, you're taking food off my plate. You're taking food off my other guys' plates that are doing the right thing and doing their job. I got you no use for you. And I don't care if you're listening right now because I'm talking to you too. So straight up, man, man up, bro. Yeah, you don't like getting written up. You don't like getting your ass chewed. Then do something about it. Yeah, girl. Absolutely. So that's exactly what you're going to need to do in life. It's the truth, though, man. It makes no sense when they just want to, you know. We can sit here and complain for hours. I ain't here to complain. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like, they need to wake up. Because a lot of them are young bucks, too. Like, you know, I understand the older guys because they're like, what the hell? I can, I can literally retire. I'm like 60-something. I can just leave. It's not a big deal for me. I got 
can't just say it's ownership all the hell they want, but they are just as much the problem as any bad ownership, too. Because bad ownership starts with bad employees. Yep. You get a lot of them, and it sours the pot. Yeah. It's the truth, man. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, you know, it's like a cancer. You get one bad apple in there, man, it'd kill a whole crew. Mm-hmm. You lose 10 guys like that in a week. Because they got a piss poor attitude. Yep. Yeah, you can lose a good guy to two idiots. Yeah. And you know, the clients don't get that. No. They don't understand. They're like, well, why can't you get anybody out here? And it's like, because I can't pay. You got to understand something. It translates, though, to them, too, because it's like, dude, I'm trying here, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm hiring 10 guys and I'm keeping two of them. I've never had this issue of getting guys and keeping them. Yeah, they just figure in what blows my mind anytime they, you know, up and leave. I'll get a text on. I'll come back to long time only run and go, I was like, what are you doing right now? Sitting at the house. It's like, yeah, you're going to keep sitting there. Yeah. That shit, I, I'm not there. I would rather sell my company than to stoop to that level and try to accommodate for those types. I'm not going to do it. No. Yeah. And then they get mad that I'm out there showing them how. I'm like, well, someone's got to be a man down there in the trenches. When, when you have to jump in a water truck and show a guy how to fucking haul ass in a water truck and spray water, but yeah. move efficiently when you do it. And, you know, you and your foreman do three lifts in the time it takes a, that crew to do one lift. Yeah. You go, are you fucking kidding me? I've been out of a machine full time. For seven years, mm-hmm. and I'm showing you how to do your job right now. Yeah, uh, it, it's damn embarrassing because when you're when you're out there and you have a crew that's supposed to know what they're doing, and then you get a couple of idiots that just want to dick off for a couple of days, and you get out there and you're like, really? All my customers seeing is a bunch of fucking idiots dicking off, and a lot of them don't know any better. And then like you get me and my dad and Red together. And all it all it takes is a phone call though. If you don't know what you're doing, pick up the phone and ask someone. Yeah. Or if you don't want to work today, guess what? Just fucking leave. Or go home. Yeah. Just stay home. Yeah. Like don't come to my job site. Save everybody the 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 heartache, man. It, it's not that hard. Oh shizzle! <laughs> I tell you. You know, it's been a pleasure having you on tonight, bro. And I've had a great dude. We're gonna have you back for sure. This is this is gonna be probably a once a month thing, I think. <laughs> Updates on I was right. Exactly. I mean, I think we do it quarterly at least because we can talk about what's going on with the economy and what's going on with work. But I really appreciate you coming on the show tonight, brother. Yeah. Much love, much respect, dirt guy, and your dad and you, man. And uh, I might definitely have you and your dad on pretty soon. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the Tom Brady of dirt, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah he just locked all his rings up. 
Well, hey, guys. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Please like and subscribe uh, for the guys that are watching uh, or listening on Spotify. Um, also know that we are now on iHeart, Google Play, and I want to say we're on Apple Podcasts now. I just got to signed up on a few more. Also, we're on Instagram. It's OnGradeTX-TX. We got a TikTok account now. We're slowly but surely growing this thing. So anybody that's interested in coming on the show, definitely hit me up, hit Doc up, um, and we'll make it happen. So anyways, thanks for coming on the show, brother. We'll see you soon. All right.